Here goes, and welcome to the 69th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V's in the house. Please follow the show on YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcast, we appreciate everyone's ongoing support. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. What's good, Robbie? What's up, Woods? Good to be back. Um, I know we're having a number of technical difficulties tonight, so hopefully this will come through okay, but uh, I'm looking forward to the show, mate. Yeah, great, great. And sorry about uh, my sound. It might be a little bit... uh, iffy today with the mic not working but i'm here and i think uh, you're hearing me all right robbie here and you're fine mate just like don't start talking about sydney kings and i might suddenly not be able to pick it up awesome awesome we're good to go we're good to go all right talk to me man what jerseys you got for us today nice i thought we'd go a little bit old school and do a, a double Lindsay hunter double today so i've got a bit of a story to tell about that so hang on is his yellow number 11 lakers jersey so i'll go back to that in a second um i'll just stand up and show you the one that i'm rocking today as well my main man, Robbie's wearing the classic Pistons, Lindsay Hunter, number one jersey. And two stints at the Pistons, right, Robbie? Exactly right, Lindsay yeah. Hunter. So he was one of those random, one of my favorite players in the 90s. There's a bit of a strange one there, hence me sort of having two Lindsay Hunter jerseys were a bit strange. So I'll start off with that yellow Lakers one there, Wood. So I did a bit of investigation into that, right? And apparently he never wore number 11 with the Lakers. He wore number 10 with them. So... Tried to look into that. A bit of a mystery. Played in 2002. They had another guy that season that played um, six games for the Lakers named Joe Crispin. That wore number 11. So I can't say I ever remember that guy. Um, very strange. I can't quite work out what the go is with that. Um, but it's it's definitely a Lindsay Hunter jersey. So I have a feeling he might have maybe gone there and chose that number. And then something else came up and he dropped down to number 10. You think about his number one here. So it's a bit of a combination of the numbers. So... If any of our viewers have got any gossip on what the deal with that jersey is, then let me know. But um, All right, well, a little bit about uh, Mr. Hunter there, Woods. Uh, he played 17 seasons in the NBA after getting drafted by Detroit at pick 10 in the 93 draft out of Jackson State. Uh, pretty random uh, college there. Not a lot of NBA talent have come through there. Um, of course, Woods, this was the Chris Webber Penny Hardaway draft that we've featured quite a few players over the the episodes sure. we've had. Um, and of course, the Pistons have back-to-back picks that draft, so they selected Alan Houston at pick 11. So pretty handy couple of picks there. So as you mentioned, he played uh, with two stints with the Pistons, also played with the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, and Bulls where he ended his career. Um, accolades were an NBA All-Rookie team in 94, and of course, he was a two-time NBA champ in 2002-2004. Um, Look, post-career, he had a number of coaching roles, including an interim head coach role with the Suns in 2013, which didn't go that great. He was replaced by Jeff Hornacek, I believe. Um, Most recently, a head coach role with Mississippi Valley State until stepping down um, last year. So um, I always like looking on basketball reference woods and seeing all those trades and everything else like that. So I thought I'd read out one that he was involved in in 2004, right? So listen to some of the names here, and it involved our Hawks with a couple of moves here. So. As part of a three-team trade, he was traded by Detroit along with Chucky Atkins, a 2004 first-round pick uh, to the Celtics, which became Tony Allen. Um, In that trade, the Hawks traded Rasheed Wallace to the Pistons. So as we remember, he was basically there for five minutes. Um, One game, right? That's right. Um, Boston traded Chris Mills to Atlanta. 
and then Boston traded Mike James to Detroit and basically Zelko Rebraka and Bob Sura and a 2004 draft pick to the Hawks and that 2004 draft pick became on to be Josh Smith which I thought was pretty cool so uh, some interesting trade there involving Sheed, Lindsey Hunter, Josh Smith so a few of our favorites there so yeah a little bit on a little bit on Lindsay Hunter there, Woods. As I said, if anyone um, listening or watching knows what the deal is with this number 11 and why it's not number 10, then let us know. But um, no bobblehead for Hunter. I would have um, probably bought one over the years if I could find one, but couldn't find one. So, yeah, I can see you rocking one of your favourites there as well, Woods. So why don't you tell us a bit for about sure. that? So Woods has, of course, got the jersey and hat combo there, and he's wearing one of his favourites in none other than Patrick Ewing. A nice number 33 for the Knicks there. Are you wearing big knee knee guards while you're doing this, Woods? No, nah, no, nah, and I'm not, not sweating either, man. You're not I'm sweating not either. either. All right, cool, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, but when you talk about some of the great centers of that time, you know, I always put him up there as my favorite. Not necessarily was he the best. You know, you put him alongside Matumbo or Elijah Wan, you know, Morning, Robinson, those guys, right? Rick mm-hmm. Smith, Brad Doherty. There was a lot of centers around that time that dominated. And, and the the man, the big man was, was very prevalent in, in the NBA at that point, right? Yeah. But I just enjoyed watching him play. Something about him at the Garden, Patrick Ewing. Uh, funnily enough, um, as a Jamaican-born kid, he didn't actually come till he, I think it was about 12 or 13 by the time he, he moved to uh, um, from Kingston, Jamaica. Um, and, yeah, he was he was playing soccer. He was playing, uh, you know, cricket, all these other games before he came there. And, um, yeah, eventually went on to have such a great career first at college and then in the NBA, right? Um, one of those great players that actually didn't um, win an NBA championship, Robbie. I'll tell you what, Woods, I can't really picture him playing soccer, but imagine him running in as a fast bowler, right? I can picture that. Yeah, for sure. Running and sweating with his knee guards on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing about him was he was a leader on the floor. And, uh, you know, it was, it's unfortunate that he didn't actually end up winning that championship. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan beat him in college and then beat him in the in the in the NBA as well. And always reminds him about that, correct? He's looking for work as well now, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Georgetown parted ways with him recently. I'm not sure whether he'll find his way back into because I think he was an assistant, wasn't he, with maybe a team or two before he took that Georgetown role. So I wonder if he'll find his way back into the NBA or whether he decides that that college role is the the right one for him. Yeah, maybe college. He did give the NBA a shot. You know, Washington, yeah. Washington Wizards, Houston Rockets, Orlando Magic, and the Charlotte Bobcats as the coach. Yeah. Um, let me just quickly go through his accolades. Unbelievable. 11-time NBA All Star. All-NBA first team once in 1990. Obviously, with all those great centers, it was tough in that generation, right, to make that center spot. Six-time All-NBA second team, three-time NBA All-Defensive second team, NBA Rookie of the Year in 86, All-Rookie team in 86. He made the 50th and 75th anniversary team. His 33 is retired by the New York Knicks. In terms of college, NCAA champion 84, NCAA final foremost outstanding player in 84, National College Player of the Year in 85, third-time consensus first-team All-American 83 to 85. Man, I could keep going. There's there's a lot more if you go back to high high school. So he had a very, very storied career. It's a solid resume you just read out for sure, isn't it? That big shot, right, that Jordan took to put him on the map. Yeah. No, exactly right. That was, that was against him, and yeah. you'll see in the last dance, um, uh, Ewing's I think injured in one of the games, and Jordan comes into the locker room. He's oh yeah, man, we we beat your ass in college, and we beat your ass in the NBA. And Ewing's angry. He's like, don't start with me again, Michael. It was, it was a really funny scene that I kept rewinding and watching back. Hey, we've back. mentioned it as well. How weird it was uh, was seeing him in those Seattle and Orlando jerseys, like towards yeah, the end of his career. Just yeah, didn't see right. Yeah. The same as we've mentioned with the Lajon and that Raptors yeah. jersey, but yeah, yeah, Seattle jersey, Patrick Ewing, it just 
doesn't yeah. feel right, does it? Yeah, in NBA Street Volume One, the very mm. first NBA Street game, you got to play with Ewing in, in Seattle. In Seattle, oh, yeah, yeah. He's about to roll down because he's at the end of his <laughs> career, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get into it, shall we, Robbie? Sounds good, mate. Let's do it. All right, let's start off by talking about the NBA playoff picture and a few storylines, right? The Mavs and OKC are in a fight to make that play-in spot, and they both keep losing, right? Um, I think it's it's not a good look for the Mavs after you know all those trades they made to bring Kyrie Irving over, that they're struggling so much. Um, which team do you think is going to win out there? And, and I, I mean, is winning out actually making the, the play-in, or is it actually dropping out? <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? So we should mention at the time of recording, it's a, it was an off day in the NBA today. So it's yeah. Tuesday the 4th. That so was the NCAA final. Congratulations to Connecticut there. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Look, I've got the standings in front of me. You know, Dallas is still just the one game behind OKC. So I, I still have a feeling that Dallas might still make it. Um, I figure they might get a couple of wins together, but not sure of exactly what their intentions are, whether they want to potentially not make it and keep their draft pick. I know there's a few stories going around about that. But, um, yeah, look, they've really struggled of late, haven't they? Look like when um, Kyrie first went there, they were sort of clicking okay now. Um some strange things that are going on there. I mean, some of Jason Kidd's substitutions in that game against our Hawks yesterday were just bizarre. I mean, yep. he basically ran with the same five that were on the court from about halfway through the third quarter until the overtime and basically didn't make any changes at all. So it's a little bit strange. Um, I don't know whether you can blame it on Kyrie. I think that would be the easy one, wouldn't it, to say, oh, Kyrie's gone there and he's brought it down. He seems to be balling out to me. I don't think he's doing a whole lot wrong. Um, Luca's, you know, he's still playing really well. I mean, obviously he's had some big games lately. Probably not having that influence that he did early on in the season potentially could be a bit of fatigue and everything but I don't think that Ross is constructed entirely well um, you know the big man departments are pretty weak there in terms of so okay so you mentioned sort of in the running for maybe that other spot there it looks like yeah Minnesota's a win in front of them so look okay so is just balling right now aren't they all the young guys are stepping up seems like it's one of those ones where probably management and ownership don't want them to win but you know try going to tell a, a bunch of 20 something or early 20 somethings there not to win they just want to go out and do their best every night so probably i'd like to see okay see make it but i think probably dallas will still make it would be my answer yeah well you look at jazz they're 36 and 42 right they've got four games in hand compared to Mavs and Thunder that have got three games in hand. So it's not inconceivable that the Jazz also make it, right? So they're still not out of it yet. That's yeah. a little bit of a tough to go for that last spot. And it's going to come down to lots of those um, tiebreakers as well, which are really complicated. We won't go into it here, but, you know, division sort of winners and other sort of things like that that come into play. But I reckon you could probably rule Utah out. I know they, you know, obviously mathematically still could and having games in hand, but I'm not sure if they will, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's going to certainly be interesting. And I think people can probably, you know, say this play-in thing, play thing has been a success now. It's certainly kept it interesting until the last week in both conferences. Um, you know, there's been a few teams eliminated from each conference, but not a whole lot, you know. So, yeah, it's probably, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think LeBron's changed his tune completely about the play-in as well, right? Initially, mm. he was against it. Now he's, he's all for it. So I think people have bought into it. So yeah. let's move on a little bit and talk about the Pelicans. I want to just speak about them a little bit. Mm. New Orleans has had an incredibly strange season. They looked awesome to start their year with Zion Williamson bowling Robbie and the team building off the you know last year's strong finish. And Williamson got injured, Brandon in Ingram got injured. They both mi missed significant time. The team never really quite back on track. Back in January 13, New Orleans was 26 and 17. All right, mm. this is that. Then the Pelicans Pels lost 10 games in a row. A couple of weeks ago, they dropped to a season worst four games under 500 after a loss to the Rockets out of all, all people. But since then, New Orleans has won 
quite a few games. I think six out of the last seven, I think. Uh, maybe maybe I got that slightly wrong, but something like that. And, you know, yeah. now if you look look at them in, in the West now, they're 40 and 38, and they find themselves just three games out of the fourth seed in a crazy Western Conference. So what, what have you thought about New Orleans' performance this year? And if they can get everyone fit and healthy come the playoffs, could they make a difference? Could they make some noise? Mm, well, it's definitely been an up-and-down year. Like, going back to what you said, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. So they're certainly finding form at the right yeah. time. Started off so well, then went really down. Um, look, obviously, the big one's the Zion news there. Apparently, he's practicing at the moment. It feels like they're really keeping that... Um, under wraps at the moment there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are potentially saving him for a little bit of a playoff run. I don't know. You never sort of know with Zion. Is he going to get injured, you know, walking up the stairs tomorrow or something else like that? I'm not sure. But in terms of how they could go, look, I definitely think all those teams probably that are in contention that we're talking about in the West could win a series on their own merits. Um, this Pelicans team definitely does, does have some good players there. Um, we could see, could quite easily see someone like Brandon Ingram taking over a playoff series and sort of putting the team on his back yeah. there. Uh, but like we said, seven and three in their last ten, you know, exactly. Right. Um, is, and the, yeah. the Lakers are the same as well. And so basically, yeah. them and Memphis are really sort of the hot teams in the West at the moment. So peaking at the right time there. Um, I think none of these Western Conference um, uh, playoff matchups are, are confirmed yet with only a few games left, which is really interesting too. So we could see a lot of these standings sort of you know changing around. I know there's a lot of games um, tomorrow, so a lot of crucial games that could see these standings going up and down. But yeah, probably I'd say they'd be a tough out, um, the Pelicans. But yeah, they're, they're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the West plays out. There's still a lot to play for from mm. everyone from the Suns and in, in fourth place all the way down to the Jazz in 12th place, as, as we That's just discussed. So let's move over to the East for a little bit here. And I want to talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they started off the season with their stars, traded them away. Ben Simmons hasn't been playing. This team actually reminds me a lot of that Denver team from, say, 10 years ago with Andre Miller, Marcus Camby, with no real out-and-out superstar, where some of the parts just made the team really good. And they're sitting at 43 and 35 now in sixth place. Um, ahead of the Heat on, at 41 and 37, they, they might find themselves you know, qualifying outright for the playoffs this year. That's a really nice story what's going on there. And, and Coach Jack Vaughn's done a pretty good job. Apart from not playing Paddy Mills, I'm pretty happy with the job he's done, right? So. Apart from not playing Paddy and perhaps that beard that he's got, but we'll let him off on that one. But yes. yeah, they are playing well, aren't they? I mean, look, they haven't been amazing and they're four and six in their last 10, but I think they've probably, uh, they can't probably drop below six there. So they seem to be one of the teams that's, you know, maybe potentially got a spot locked up. But I've actually watched a bit of them lately, Woods. I watched that whole game against the Hawks on the weekend yep. and geez, they're really impressive, aren't they? Um, you know, Miles Bridges, I mean, my goodness. I mean, that guy was named the player of the week yeah. in the East last week, and he is just killing it at the moment. I don't think I knew that he had that many offensive skills, to be honest. No. I thought he had a few sort of skills there, and obviously was a great defender and obviously a good teammate. But in terms of what he's sort of giving at both ends is really impressive. Um, I read that basically for the month of March, Woods, that um, Bridges had scored as many points in just the month of March than Ben Simmons had the whole time that he'd been at Brooklyn. So I thought that was a pretty interesting stat Not there. But, there. And yeah. Inspector again as they call him, right, with those long arms, you oh. know, his ability to finish um, in a variety of different ways. He obviously didn't get a chance to showcase that offensive talent fully in Phoenix with the pieces that were around him, right? Yeah. It's been a real uh, great opportunity for him, amongst others, to join that roster, right? Yeah, there's no doubt that he's a great two-way player. And look, I'm really impressed with the way the Nets have reloaded this roster. Like you said, they, you know, yeah. 
recently had the big three. Obviously, they got rid of Harden last year, but you know, making those moves there and getting a lot of younger guys in return for KD and Kyrie, but also getting a lot of defensive players and wings and all those positions that are sort of highly sought after in the NBA. So, yeah, as I said, pretty good watch there. I know maybe they're not on people's you know league pass radar just because they yep. don't have that superstar name anymore, but check them out. They're going to be tough in the playoffs as well, where potentially we could some of these see some of these ridiculously high scoring games go down a little bit as well. And you've got guys like um, Finney Smith and you know Claxton and Bridges and those sort of guys that are good defensive players. So yeah, they've been a surprise to me. Well, another surprise, let's move back out west. You mentioned them earlier with the, Lake, uh, the Lakers, and they've also made a lot of changes since the trade deadline that have benefited the team. And in LeBron's absence, mm. they've really, really rode that wave. And what have you seen about the Lakers' uh, roster being retooled and, and, and the, the strides that they've made lately? Well, firstly, they've got a huge game. I believe it's tomorrow they play the Clippers there. I mean, at the moment, they're seventh. They could potentially move up to fifth in the standings and, you know, basically avoid that whole playing thing altogether, which would be pretty remarkable. Look, one thing for me with the Lakers... I don't think they fear anyone in the West, do they? I think if you basically said, right, you're playing Sacramento, you're playing Denver, um, whoever you sort of choose that they might have to play in that first round, I don't think either of those teams would phase them there. Um, I just sort of like the, you know, they seem to be on the same page playing together and everything like that. They've obviously got some superstars and some bit sort of players. They seem to be combining well there. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're clicking at the right time. Um, Anthony Davis has definitely looked good these last few weeks. He's having some big numbers, shooting really good percentages there. So, I mean, it's all a matter of him and LeBron staying healthy at this stage, isn't it, to see how far they could go. But, I mean, they're a scary matchup for anyone they play there. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they could, you know, jump ahead of the Clippers and Golden State there. That'd be huge, right? Yeah, what about a fifth versus fourth Suns versus Lakers first round matchup? Yeah. That'll juicy, man, right? And we should say as well, Woods, I think a lot of people maybe don't totally understand how this play, play in thing works with it being such a new thing. But I think people assume that it's, you know, seven plays 10 and eight plays nine. Well, it's not. So for people that don't know, seven plays eight, with obviously seven getting a home court game, the winner of that is in the playoffs, right? They're in. They're the, the seventh seed. Lo- that's it. The loser of that plays the winner of the 9-10 game. So based on the standings at the moment, you'd see the Lakers playing the Pelicans, winners in, and you'd see Minnesota playing OKC. The winner of that would play, you know, the loser of that Lakers-Pelicans game. So I might have lost a few people there, but no, essentially, yeah. Right. Seven versus eight, the winner goes through. Nine versus ten, loses out. Winner of that plays that loser of seven versus eight. So it's very interesting to see. And I know we'll probably talk a little bit about the Hawks um, scenarios as well a little bit later in the show. But yeah, looking forward to it. It's... um. Yeah, big. And obviously, even if the Lakers can't get a, a guaranteed spot in that top six, you just want to make sure you stay in that seven or eight range. And then potentially you've just got to win, uh, well, especially if you can finish seventh, right? You've just got to win one home game and you're in. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, you just mentioned the Hawks. So let's move on to the Hawks. It's kind of incredible the stats that they've been putting up over the last little bit in terms of we're winning one, we're losing one, pretty much uh points for and against her even you know a whole heap of other stats are almost even like mm. this is incredible right hey what would you say the hawks are in their last 10 games woods it's a five really five? Oh, correct it's um <laughs> it's unbelievable isn't it honestly i kind of feel like they could you know they could beat any team in the nba and then the next day they could lose to our thursday night team and then like it's vice versa if they win one you almost should just put money on the next game that they're going to lose so the bad thing about that is they won their last game against dallas i believe we've got chicago tomorrow so of course they're going to lose that because they can't win two in a row so it's frustrating isn't it i mean i think i sent you a message in the first half of that game against dallas yesterday and i forget what i said i said these hawks are really pissing me off or something like that right we ended up coming back and winning that game um i don't know what it is to be honest um 
I just can't seem to work it out. Um, I know you're going to ask me about Quinn Snyder and everything, everything yeah, else like right. that. Excuse me, but um, yeah. Well, let's maybe talk about the Quinn Snyder thing. They would so let's do that. So the Quinn Snyder effect. Obviously, mm. he's had this team for a little while now. We said in the early stages of his acquisition that it's going to take a training camp, a year for him to you know bring in some of his staff and you know acquire some of the players and, and pieces yeah. that he wants. Um, what have you seen so far in terms of the effect he's had on the group? Well, firstly, and, I, th I think yeah. it's very unusual for a coach to come in this late in the season for a team that's still in contention for the playoffs there. So coming in there and not having his assistants, you know, having Joe Pronti who just sort of coached the team yeah. and, and looked pretty good in that position there. So you're right. I think he's probably just trying to put his stamp on things. Um, clearly, there'll be a, some moves in the offseason. He'll be bringing in, you know, new assistant coaches. He'll be really having a good look at these guys on this team now to see what potential moves could be made. Um I think we've said all season, Woods, we like this roster, right? I think they're reasonably deep. Um, really, really impressed with the play of Onyeka Okongu this year. He's just been really good there. So I think yep. it's almost at the stage now where you could potentially make a move on Clint Capella, get Okongu a lot more minutes and potentially get someone a little bit cheaper for his backup there. But I think the Trey and DeJounte thing probably... I think it's okay. Look, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a disaster. I wouldn't say it's amazing. Um... Maybe they wanted sort of the combo to be a bit better, and obviously DeJounte being the defender and Trey being the offensive guy there. Um, yeah. For all the, the haters of Trey, he's going to lead the league in assists for the second season in a row, which is pretty remarkable and something that all the haters won't mention there. So I think that's that's a pretty fair effort for someone that people, you know, apparently thinks a bit of a hog in that. So two straight years, he's going to lead the league in total assists. Um, and look, everyone's still talking about the Kevin Herter thing. We've kind of got to get over that now, to be honest. Yeah, he's yep. played really yep. well for Sacramento. But at the end of the day, we got a draft pick back. We had to give a few away to get DeJounte Murray. We gave, you know, DeJounte, uh, sorry, DeAndre Hunter the money. And that was probably part of the reason why we got rid of Red Velvet there. Um, I like the development of guys like Jalen Johnson and AJ Griffin. I think there's a, a pretty Definitely. decent future for the two of them. Um, and also, I think Sadiq Bay was a pretty good move at that trade deadline as well. So we've seen him, you know, look pretty handy in those, those fourth quarters at both ends. So, you know, again, going back to that play in, in format there, Woods, you know, if the Hawks finish, you know, seventh or eighth, which fingers crossed for us we do, because it seems like we've been in front of Toronto and Chicago for ages, but we're just in front. But again, if we finish seventh or eighth, they have to win one home game to make the playoffs. So, you know, even if they lose to Miami, if they play them, and that's what it kind of looks like at the moment, one home game they're in. So, yeah, look, it would be a disaster for them, I think, if they didn't make it. But, um, we saw last year the Hawks were in the play-in and you know, I think they beat Charlotte and then they beat Cleveland and ended up making the playoffs. So we could see a similar run to that. But what's your take on the whole whole Snyder thing? Are you sort of in agreement with that? It's um you probably Yeah, yeah. I think also with, with Snyder, it took him a few years to build that Utah team to where it eventually became. And a big part mm -hmm. of what he did was having that big man Rudy Gobert in the middle. And he surrounded him with shooters everywhere, right? Yeah. And that blueprint can sort of be followed at Atlanta with either Okongu or Capella and getting some pieces around yeah, I mean, they've already got some, you know, they've got Bogdanovich, they've got, you know, Hunter, Griffin. It's just mm -hmm. about having a training camp with these guys, getting his um, principles and his sets in place and making a few tweaks that he might want to that roster and, mm -hmm. and, and giving him an opportunity to build around it. But he's got the blueprint for success previously in Utah and he's got some of the pieces that he can that he can, you know, mirror that process with, right? <laughs> One thing I'll say, Woods, I don't really like some of these matchups that we could potentially have in the play in there. We yeah. know Miami's pretty much dominated us this year. Um, Toronto and Chicago probably aren't the greatest matchups. You'd certainly prefer to play Chicago over Toronto, I think, if you're the Hawks. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, none of them are great matchups. I'd almost prefer them to play Cleveland, the Knicks, or Brooklyn, who are the three teams that are going to be already in the playoffs before the playing starts. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you hope that the, you hope that we can come seventh or eighth, right? So even if we lose yep. that first game, as you, you spoke about earlier, we can have another crap. Crack, crack, and hopefully the Bulls can maybe beat the Raptors, right? And, uh, mm. you know, the Bulls are playing pretty well recently. It's not inconceivable they beat the Raptors, and then we play them for a spot for the eighth seed. That, that's, that's, that's well, Toronto and the Bulls Woods are both seven and three in their last ten, so they're both yeah, they really finding form. Look, either way, both conferences are going to be really exciting, and this last you know four or five games that each team's got it's going to be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to sort of follow how it all goes. And honestly, with East being so strong, we make it. We don't doesn't really matter to me now, you know. It's going to be a first-round exit most, more than likely, right? So. Possibly, yeah. I'm probably a bit more optimistic. I think if we yeah. could get in there, I mean, yeah, look, we would be playing the likes of, you know, Milwaukee or Boston yeah. or Philly or something like that. So yeah. it's probably not looking great there. But, yeah, yeah you never know. Anything's sort of possible in these sort of games. I'd, I'd really want us to at least make it and get something out of this season. Yeah, and really exciting, you know, NBL's finished. Um, and so we can focus on the NBA playoffs. It's a great time of the year. But the NBL... It hasn't finished. It's still got a lot of news happening, man. Yep. It's very busy, right? You know, we spoke to Jack last week and a lot going on in your neck of the woods, but so instead of me even asking you, why don't you speak a little bit about the the big acquisitions and the smaller ones and, and the and the, the moves that the Wildcats have been making over the last week. Hey, before I get into that, I might tell that little story about the um, April Fool's message that I sent you on Saturday oh, yeah, morning. Go for so it, go for it. I woke up Saturday and I said to my daughter, I'm going to send Woods a little bit of an April Fool's message because I knew you would have no idea what the date was and you'd probably fall for it. So I yeah. sent Woody a message basically saying, oh, the, the Sydney Kings just signed Luke Travis and Nick Kay, right? So I sent that message, had a bit of a chuckle to myself. I didn't know Woods would be having a sleep in that day, so I didn't get a reply. About an hour later, it pops up on my phone that the Wildcats had signed Keanu Pinder. And I'm like, here we go, April Fools, I'm not falling for this. And I kind of thought, oh, geez, wouldn't that be great if we did sign him? And then I saw Olgan tweeted on Twitter, and then I saw Keanu retweet it, and then I saw the Wildcats put it on their site, and I'm like, hang on a minute, this isn't an April Fools thing. So, <laughs> yeah, look, absolutely stoked. I mean, you know, like you said, we spoke with Jack last week, Woods, and I don't think any of us had any clue at all that, you know, he would be going going to his hometown team and playing for the Wildcats. And probably an extra special one for me, Woods, obviously, you know, growing up a, a massive Wildcats fan in the 80s, attending all those games, meeting Tiny Pinder, Keanu's father, and, you know, getting that photo, which is somewhere in the room me you can see that photo on my twitter page um and exactly what they need right i mean i think we called it he was probably the biggest free agent signing that was out there so to get someone like him on a couple of years contract in that position there which is probably the hardest position to fill absolutely stoked so really really pleased with that so um was a little bit annoyed with the bryce cotton um news this week with the visa stuff no that's just a joke but we won't go into that it's a waste waste of um my voice talking about that. But, um, yeah, and then obviously the, the Wildcats backed up signing David Okwera. So I know your thoughts on that, Woods. You said you weren't massively blown away by that. I think there's a lot of potential in that signing. That's where I kind of see that, right, with his age? Yes, slight upgrade on Majuk Majuk, if, if you like. I, I don't, well, he's I don't he's know at least 12 years younger, right? Yeah, I don't know if it is. I like Majuk Majuk, and I think he does opposite a few different things. I don't know, man. Like, I'm not huge on David Aquero. Let's let's see. For me, though, bro, he's a 20 year old that's basically a local boy yeah. there. So we've we've got two local guys back. You know, he's still got a lot of potential. He can hit the outside shot. He's you know he's a yeah. he's a huge guy there, Aquero. So yeah, I, I think there's not a lot of risk there. I think it's two years in a team option that he signed there. Um, I've got to say though, it feels like um, there hasn't been that many moves. Like we heard that no, news on Saturday. We you know Tuesday now hasn't been a lot of other moves filtering through. Just a few rumors and that. But has Corey um, Webster re-upped? I think he there's, there's uh, he has, yeah. yeah. I yeah. believe he has, yeah. 
So not sure what's happening with Ty Webster. He's rumoured to be going to maybe Brisbane, Adelaide or Perth. So interesting to see whether he potentially stays with his brother or chases the money there. But look, it's certainly been a really good, you know, first week of free agency for the Wildcats. Um, you know, signing up that the big Aussie guy there and probably the, you know, the cream of the crop there. Maybe we bring someone like Brady Manick back now. I think he could probably be pretty a good matchup alongside Keanu there. Um and then not sure what they do with the other import positions. It's quite an exciting prospect now, isn't it? Um, it well, sounds like Mitch... Let's talk about who's left. Mm. Yeah. left. Yeah. Okay? I know there's been some great signings with Keanu Pinder and, you know, as you said, David Aquera, Corey Webster re-upping. But Luke Travis, you know, announced that he's leaving, right? He wants mm. to have a more prominent role where he can showcase his abilities. And he's got a fair point playing alongside Bryce Gordon and now also Keanu Pinder. He wants to be able to do that. What are your thoughts on that? disappointed would be the word I'd use. Um, you know, we talk about local talent. You know, he's someone that we basically nurtured from when he was a teenager. He's still so young now. I feel like we put a lot of time into him. Right. Um, when I sort of heard the news, I thought, you know, what if he goes to the G League or if he decides to go to Europe? I'm totally fine with that. I'll be behind him all the way. But, you know, today I'm sort of hearing rumours that he might be looking at United or the Phoenix now. And that, that does disappoint me. I don't know why, yep. why he thinks the scenarios or the situations might be different with those teams. Um, you called it last week. You said probably the teams that you think would maybe suit him the best would be, you know, some of those, um, you know, uh, lesser market teams, for, for yes. want of a better word, all like Cairns or like, you know, Illawarra, one yep. of those teams like that. So to hear that he's, you know, going after one of these Melbourne teams, I'm not sure that's going to be a whole lot different there, whether he no. thinks he's going to be able to run the offense and have the ball in his hand 35 minutes a game. So... Interesting. I wonder if there was potentially a little bit of a clash with John really there, whether the two of them, you know, didn't get along or really didn't didn't yeah. see the, the future what other people were seeing there. But yeah, and it's interesting nothing's come out yet as well. So whether he's, you know, potentially looking for the G League, I'm not sure what their situation is in terms of signing players, but yeah, a bit disappointing, but obviously the news we're getting pinned has probably made up for that, I'd say. Definitely. And Mitch Norton attracting interest around the league. You see that? Um, yeah, he'd be one that I'd probably be sorry to see go. Um, yep. But look again, if he can get a, you know, a spot in someone's six or seven man rotation, you 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 you'd want the guy to go and do it and get a, a game there because we saw he wasn't even making our probably nine or ten rotation last season there. I like what he can still offer us there. I mean, he's the sort of person if Cotton was to ever go down or they needed that defender to come in, like we saw him in that last quarter against um, South East um, Phoenix. You know, he had some sort of decent times at the end there. So. Yeah, I'd be disappointed to see him go. I'm sort of Blanchfield can leave with my blessings. I'm not sort of too concerned. And the same yeah. with Machuk Machuk. He wasn't really doing much last year. But I'd like to see if they could somehow keep Nordo. But I wish him all the best if he can find a better role somewhere. Well, when you mentioned Blanchfield, he's got two years left on that contract. So there's financial implications for whoever wants to pick him up. And there's a buyout and things yeah. like that. So I think he, he, might, he, he might be best off just staying. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. That could happen, right? So let's see how that plays out. In, in other news, the Brisbane Bullets, they've been pretty busy. Uh, I know they re-signed EJ Mitchell a while back, but uh, mm. this week they've got Sam McDaniel and yep. Isaac White, right? Um, I don't know I like, if that makes... Yeah, I like those signings, though, to be honest. Um, you know, Isaac White, we've seen, you know, he's going great at the NBL 1 and everything. I think... I think probably a few teams are chasing him from what I hear. Um, and Sam McDaniel, yeah, we probably didn't see him live up to his full potential in Tassie, did we? So perhaps getting that other go there, yeah, it might be a decent situation for him. I know you spoke about, I'm not sure if it was on the show last week or offline, but you know, you probably thought their needs would be to um, to get a, an import point guard 
to play alongside Sobey, let Sobey play the two there. So, um, And I know your boy Derek Rucker was talking this week, wasn't he, just saying that they should really go after someone like Rajon Tucker there. Um, yep. He's probably someone that a few teams are going after. Like, I, You know what I mean? He sort of seems to fill that, that wing role pretty good. Um, I think a few people were a bit sceptical on him early on in the season. But by the end of the year, he was just filling it up, wasn't he? So I'm not sure whether United are in the... Um, you know, the box seat to get him back there or what the actual story with this is with his contract. But he would look good in a Brisbane uh, uniform for sure. Yeah, the thing is, with, with, the, with the budget already spending money on the likes of Sobi and Baines, right? Definitely. If you fork out money on a, on a Tucker, it doesn't leave you a lot to get a quality import point guard, right? So yeah, that's the one thing that I would say that they cannot keep repeating the same mistake by putting that ball in the hands of, say, a Sobi or... Isaac White would even have to be an Australian starting point guard or play a lot of minutes at the point guard position. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's something that you want. You want the Brisbane Bullets to, to make that change, I think, to help mm. a guy like Baines as well, you know, a proper point guard that, that he can play alongside and make a difference, uh, right? Agreed, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in, in other news, the Hawks actually probably secured one of the biggest coups of the NBL free agency. Adelaide-born Lachlan Aldrich, NBL 1 Central All-Star 5 honours before heading to the University of California Riverside to play in the NCAA. NCAA. What do you know about Lachlan Aldridge? Yeah, I think he actually played in a trial game for that NCAA team against Illawarra and had a really good game against him. And I think he's kind of been on the radar since that time. But yeah, I kind of like what they're doing. They feel like they're making a couple of sneaky moves in the background there, Illawarra. Um, I know we've kind of got that extra soft spot for them now with our you know relationship with coach um, Jacob Jacobus yep. there, and we really want them to go uh, well next year. So fingers crossed they get rid of the injury bug, but I think that's a pretty pretty good signing. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, he basically joins uh, Sam Froling, Wani Swakalabula, Dan Greeter, Will Hickey, and obviously the import pair of Justin Robinson and Tyler Harvey. So you think about Luke Travis on that roster. You know, yeah. Deng Deng was starting at the four, playing a lot of minutes, right? Yeah. You could fit him in at the, at the fourth spot. Obviously, he can play a bit of three as well. I think that's actually a pretty good fit for, for Luke Travis once you look at it. I think like that, that Mullet would probably look good in him, uh, in a Wollongong sort of uh, location as well. So, yeah, maybe. And, yeah, any other rumours you're hearing? I know Bull Call's signature is basically... Being chased by the whole whole league, man. But yeah, I wanted to comment on Ball Call actually, Woods. I yeah. know you're a bit of a fan of him, and look, Absolutely. we keep hearing a lot of teams are after him. We know that three and D game is highly coveted yep. these days. I'm going to be honest. I thought he was a bit disappointing last season. He probably didn't have that step up that I thought he did. If you look at his stats, they were basically identical to the season before. So, for someone that had that, you know, summer league, I'm not sure if it was summer league or he actually had a tryout with one of the you know teams over there, the Bulls, I think maybe from memory. Um, I maybe expect him to take a little bit more of a jump last year. But in saying that, yeah, every team needs that sort of player there. But yeah, you wonder what sort of contract he's going to be getting and if he is going to be worth that that big money that I think some teams might be looking at. And he'd get into foul trouble a lot last season, you he know, did. always yeah. making dumb fouls. So he yep. couldn't play the minutes that he played in that first year. Almost Adam Ford gave him the license to do that, right? But mm. even that, then you could see some, what are you doing? Well, do you know what I mean? Getting his fourth in the second quarter, many times he would have get and be hey, for the game. What about your boy BMW Woods? He's a guy we haven't sort of touched on today there. I mean, there's, yep. there's some slight rumours there that the Wildcats could be trying to make a big three. I'm not quite sure how true those rumours are. We know he's a Brisbane-born um, yeah. and bred sort of guy, isn't he? Where, what's your thoughts? On that, I'm still, as I said last week on the show um, with Jack, I think he's going to stay with New Zealand, right? Yeah. Um, one more year, right? You know, sometimes it's about, mm. uh, Liam was saying it as well, sometimes it's about uh, what's the best financial decision, sometimes it's about what's the best um, personal decision for my development, right? Yeah. I think he can develop a little bit more there 
and take his game to an even higher level than he already did this year, right? He's got a coach that he likes, um, good support there. And as I said, he's even mentioned in the past, he likes being away from family and friends so he can just get him in the bubble. And well, focus. New Zealand seem to attract a lot of scouts, don't they? You look at it, they had RJ Hampton, they had Usman Diang. We're going to see Rupert getting drafted pretty high this year. So he's obviously not going to get drafted now, but he's you know, still a chance to maybe get some sort of contract over there. So perhaps New Zealand is the best spot for him. But yeah, I expect he'll probably be that big next name that maybe comes out there. In terms of rumours and stuff, we're still hearing about some of these guys playing in Japan, whether it's your boy, Joe, Lowell, or, or guys I mentioned before, like Nick Kay, who I'd love to come back to the Wildcats. Um, I think with a lot of those guys, it's all um, contract dependent. I think, honestly, if you, you know, they probably would be preferring to play in the NBL at this stage of their careers, but yeah. you play these, you know, this basketball caper until you, you know, what, in your early 30s, if you can stay healthy. So, of course, you're going to, you know, if you can play in Japan and get triple the money that you can get playing here, well, it's, it's probably a no-brainer, isn't it? You can set up your, you know, your family for life. But it'd be interesting to see if any of those guys um, end up coming back at all. Well, I mean, now that you mention it, I thought Keanu would go overseas. So your Wildcats, mm. your Wildcats must have really opened up the checkbook there for, that, for him. Yeah, I think so. Well, no, but he wouldn't have come cheap, right? No. And Leangelo Ball, rumours of him heading to New Zealand from LeVar Ball, but you can never take LeVar Ball. I was Ball. about to say, I think those rumours are coming from the Ball camp there, so not sure about that. Um, are we even sure he's an NBL-quality import? Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that, but yeah, we'll never know. He'd probably you know, sell a few tickets, I guess. Awesome, awesome. So while we were talking about NBL, let's go to NBL 1. I know it's just mm. kicked off the first few games. You've been watching intently. Sorry, I haven't been able to get to a game yet. I will get get to the next next one, home game for Hills. Talk to the audience a little bit about what's going on in NBL 1. Yeah, for sure. So, look, what I want to do is, is I'll probably talk about some of the different conferences, you know, each week from yeah. time to time and everything like that. So given that the cover the conference, uh, the NBL 1 East that I cover there has been going for a lot longer now. I think we're up to around four now. So some of the other conferences only started last week. So, yeah, look, I've done two home games this year. So I called the Hills playing Sydney Comets there. So... Shout out to Sydney Comets. They had Vanessa Panousis, who you know was the, the women's player of the week that week, and just absolutely lit it up. Um, yeah. And then I covered the the Newcastle game this week, and that was really good as well. So I mentioned to you Nicole Munger. She was just unbelievable to watch there. So you know she she'd be maybe five foot ten, five foot eleven, not not tall at all. She grabbed twenty three rebounds in that game. Yeah. And the thing about these rebounds, I was watching it. She has the best read of a missed shot that I've seen in any of these women's or men's games. So me and the other commentator were kind of laughing because we'd watch her. You'd see someone else put up a shot. She would know where that shot it was going to miss would go to and get in the right position and get an offensive rebound. She must have had eight or nine offensive rebounds. So. You can certainly see why she's playing in the um, WNBL. And she, look, she was the captain of the Michigan Wolverines um, you know, women's college team there as a you know, four-year senior. So shout out to her. She was really impressive to call there. And the Newcastle men's team is very solid as well. So um, as we mentioned, there's a lot of NBL guys playing in this NBL 1 East now. So whether you've got guys like Will Davo Hickey, um, Tim Conrad, Lucas Walker playing for Illawarra. You've got Junior Madut playing for Norths. Yep. Um, you've got Archie Woodhill playing for the Sydney Comets there. Um, so, look, it's been really good seeing some of these guys coming through. But the absolute standout team, Woods, is the centre of excellence. So yeah. this is the yeah. team now with all the young kids. You're talking Jensen Bradkey, you know, son of a gun there. Um, they're currently 6-0. and So them and the Sydney Comets, who are 4-0. and So two new teams to this competition, to the NBL 1 East, um, are both undefeated there. So really impressive. 
impressive there. Um, in the men's, um, some of the newer teams are struggling. So Penrith and Hornsby are all uh, none and four. And then Bankstown and, and our Hornets are none and four as well. Yeah, so right. the next game I'm covering is Penrith against Hills. It's um, a Friday night lights game in a few weeks. So if anyone in the area, get out and come and support that. So well, one team's going to get a win that game, which will be good. But yeah. So, yeah, the, the centre of excellence, really impressive team. Um, and going over to the women's um, there, there's still three teams undefeated. So um, two of the teams I've seen as well, um, strangely enough. So Newcastle being led by Nicole Munger, um, Sydney Comets with Vanessa Panusis. Um, Jada Crawshaw was another one that really impressed me in that, that game I covered. She's the you know the young, I think she was a development player for the Flames in the last season yep. there, but got some great size on her, really gets up and down the court quickly, blocks shots, um, you know, worked really well with Panusis, I noticed as well. And, and Aubrey's the other team that's um, undefeated with a 4-0 record there. So absolutely loving having it backwards. Um, you know, Sunday awesome. I kick back and, and watch friend of the show, um, Jacinta Govan, um, commentate the Central Coast um, against Penrith game just to scout the Penrith team a bit. And, of course, Jacinta does a, a great job, as she always does. And while we're talking about Jacinta Woods, I wanted to give her a little bit of a shout-out as well. So for anyone... Keep me to it. Okay, well, I've got it on there. So I've actually got it in my queue at the moment. I was listening to it on the bus on the way home. So she yeah, started an, un- an unofficial MBL One East podcast. So um, it's called East Got Game, which I think is a pretty cool name as well. So, um, yeah, her and Hamish, who's the um, commentator for Sutherland, basically host that <clears throat> each week. They had Nicole Munger as a guest last week. And really good. So anyone that sort of is interested in the MBL One, especially the MBL One East, um, you know, check that one out and, and support our girl, right? Do you know what she said at the start of the most recent episode? Have you listened to the most recent episode? Uh, yep, yep. She said, you ready to chop it up? Yeah, I did hear her say that, actually. Yeah, nice, so nice. Shout out to you, Squid. Yeah. Shout out to you, Squid. She's using your terms there, yeah. And, but- uh, but I've got to you say, know, Woods, it's great having it back. Um, yeah. yeah, really enjoy it. And one tip I want to give people. When you open the games up, by default, it mutes the games, right? I don't know why it does this. I've been asking a few people why it does it. So when you start playing a game, this is any of the conferences, you've got to hit the unmute button on your browser or your phone, tablet, whatever like that. So not sure why they do that, but anyway. And is it true that I, what I hear, that you're going to be a guest on Eastcott Game pretty soon? I am going to be a guest on Eastcott Game. So I think um, maybe in two weeks I'm going to go on there. So potentially yep. after that round five. So I know the NBL 1 East is basically off completely over this Easter weekend. So they will get a bit of a break. But most of the teams in that round five, the week after Easter, play two games in, within two or three games. So I'm probably going to go on the Monday after that and chop it up with um, the guys on the show. Nice, nice, man. Looking forward to it. Um, do we have time for classic packs? Yeah, we got time for classic. Of course, packs. we got time for classic. Well, packs. Especially because we're wearing such throwback jerseys today. Has, right? has like, it come out all right? Like, is, has the quality been right? Been all right? You hear me all right? You know? I think it's good. Well, if people have got any complaints, I can just direct them towards you. But no, I think it's all right, man. All right, all right. So I've got the nineteen eighty nine hoops. Wow. We've never done this packet before, have we? Eighty nine? No, I don't think so. That's definitely going back a bit, right? Yeah, I actually can't even remember what these look like. At least oh, the grey coloured ones. I've got the David Robinson rookie card in this uh, one. that one there, yeah. yeah. The white one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We were talking to Lee Ellis about this. One of the greatest shooters of all time. Supersonic star. Guard forward. Dale Ellis. Dale Ellis. And how cool are these nice. cards? Oh, I do remember those ones. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely going back away, aren't they? Nice. Show me the back I remember one. The, the most expensive card I had was the David mm. Robinson one of this where he was... Uh, you know, holding up his oh, jersey. And I remember that basically ended up not being worth anything. And there was lots of counterfeits of that card well, as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. definitely. Um, all right. We're talking about... Has a son that... He, he's, he was an LA Laker and his son 
is one of the Splash Brothers. Uh, Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson. Oh, I see that old school shooting star, right? Yeah. And have you ever seen Michael spelt that way before, Woods? I have somewhere. I just okay. can't remember where. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Mulder, right? The player, player played for um, Warriors and sure, as a. Going back a bit. So not not yeah. Mulder off the X Files is a different. That one. Michael Mulder played as oh. like on a ten, uh, like a G League yeah, yeah, yeah. contract with the with the Golden State Warriors a few years ago. Fair enough. Like that. Okay, Houston Rockets sixth man guard um, number fifteen. Yeah, Frank Johnson. Wow, jeez, that's going back a bit, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> oh, this is a name that I haven't heard in a while. Big bruising forward from the Washington Bullets. Um, selected by Orlando Magic in the 1989 expansion. I can't be right. Oh, yeah, he was. He was selected in the expansion draft in 89 by... Uh, the Orlando Magic, but before that, he played at Washington and Philadelphia. Um, Mike went Johnson. to Alabama. What um, Give me a number. Number is 33. Uh, and it sounds like something you would put in a printer. Terry Catledge. Oh, I, said to, I just said that, Terry Catledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I missed that, that, we'll blame it on that sound difference now. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Another Dale Ellis All-Star in 1989 All-Star card. Wow. Good pack for Dale Ellis. Oh, I remember those All-Star ones. They were like yep. at the... Is that an earlier number, a card number? Because I think they number were... Number 43, yeah. Yeah, I think they were sort of were before the team one started, possibly. Okay. His namesake, this guy's namesake, I mentioned him on the show as an import for the Wildcats in that 91 final against the Eastside Spectres. Okay, I'm not talking about Pete, I'm talking about Bobby something Hansen. Else. Bobby Hansen. Nice. Yeah. Wow, I was sort of picturing him in a Sacramento jersey, but yeah, with Utah, yeah. they're liking those shorts as well, they're looking pretty good. Oh, one of your favorite contracts of all time. Oh God, it's not, is it? Yeah. Is it, is it a number 32 for the Atlanta Hawks? It is indeed John Concack. Can you rip? Can you rip that up or not? No, you can't. I can't. I don't even want to see it. There's a rule, card. man. We can't. Okay, the, there should be a rule. If you get a John Concack going forward, that we have to rip it up. This is a Detroit Pistons card of of a great defender, a great rebounder. Before he went loony and dyed his hair and pierced all his face and everything. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. the worm. And he was a, almost a different person. Let's have a look at that What's, Dennis Rodman there behind yeah, there. Right? Hey, what is he doing on the front of that card? Is he like on defense there? What's the, what's yeah, it looks like he's on defense there. It's a random picture, isn't it? Yeah, geez, he's up high, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, the Rifleman. Oh, Chucky. Nice. Chuck person. Nice. I'm liking some of the players in this pack. Okay. Your brother would love this guy. White center from the late 80s and early 90s. Had a bit of a mullet. Went to North Carolina. LA Clipper. Number? Number 24. The whitest guy of all time. 24. I can only picture Terry DeHair for Clippers. Joe Wolf. Oh, Joe Wolf, of course, yeah. (laughs) Jeez, he played with the Nuggets as well, didn't he? Joe Wolf. Jeez. 
the son of an absolute legend for the Denver Nuggets, went to Syracuse, center for the Denver Nuggets, son of the great Dolph. Oh, um, Danny Shays. Dan Shays. Nice. He wasn't too bad a player. Look at those shorts. My goodness. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Okay, uh, solid NBA player and then ended up doing a pretty good job with OKC, then Washington. Scotty uh, Brooks. Scott Brooks. Nice. Wow. I seem to remember, I remember collecting one of these sets back in the day, Woods, and Scott Brooks was like the last card that I needed. I don't know if it was these ones or another another brand there, but it was so hard to find it back in the day, and getting a Scott Brooks to complete a set. Rest in peace, Phoenix Suns, forward. Used to be Men, Mon, but changed his name to Men. Who am I talking about? Phoenix Suns, forward. Oh, Wayman Tisdale? It used to be Armen. Oh, Armen Gilliam, yeah. Armen Gilliam. And just to make sure that I haven't made a mistake and wow. said rest in peace. Oh, geez, yes, never he worked. died age 47 in mm. 2011, unfortunately. He's 47, was he? Yep. It's a short life, isn't it? Yeah, no, he was definitely a solid player. Loving those old Phoenix jerseys too on that one. Yep. Uh Played most of his career with Milwaukee as a microwave off the bench. Started sometimes. We've got his card quite a lot. His son also played Paul for the Celtics a little bit. Yep. Paul Pressy, nice. Yeah, I didn't mind Pressy back in the day. It's not a bad finally, pack. Miami, yeah? Not a bad pack. Finally, Miami Heat forward. Um, actually averaged 10.8 points. And eight rebounds in the 88-89 season. Um, he was part of that first expansion team at the forward position for the Heat. Number? Number 55. All right. 55. It's not Kevin Edwards, is it? I know we had him recently. Billy Thompson. Oh, well, I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. So that was a solid pack, potentially apart from Billy Thompson and that awful John Concat card, Woods. You know, that actually kind of ruined my night a little bit even yeah, seeing Jack that Thompson, guy's Dennis face. Rodman, a couple of Dale Ellis's, Terry Catledge, Michael Thompson. Not bad at all. So you're not going to rip up John Concat for me? No, I'm not going to. You want me to? Yeah, I'd love you to do that. Yeah, but I don't like Ricky. Oh, no, no, don't. Yeah, keep it, keep these it. These are so good. These then, then I'll probably be asking for you to rip up Danny Manning once next time. I know yeah, you definitely no, wouldn't no, do no, that. No, so. no, <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully there weren't too many technical difficulties. I did really enjoy the show. Threw me off a little bit at the start, Robbie, but you know we held it together, didn't we? Yeah, we did our best as always, mate, for sure. Okay. <laughs> That's great. So why don't you tell the audience about where we can be found, where we can be followed, all of that. Absolutely. So look on Twitter, we're at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, you know where to find us by now. You know, Woody will put out the, the jersey pictures every week, so we'll get these up there. Don't forget, I'm going to be putting, putting that random number 11, Lindsay Hunter. If anyone knows a little bit more about that number, please holler. Um, Instagram, we're throwback.hoops, and our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. About yourself, Woods? Yep. As usual, Patreon. Please uh, please uh, pledge your support to us if you like. You don't have to. If you do, we thank you very much. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it from me. Um, I guess we'll be back next week after. I hope everyone has a good Easter long weekend and enjoy some time off, right? Absolutely, yeah. Wish everyone a good break in that. Look, hopefully we're hoping to have a WNBL um, star player on within the next couple of weeks. Woods, we'll just 
confirming yep. a few details there. But look, we've certainly got a lot to talk about with these NBA playoffs about to start. Of course, Absolutely. the play-in. Um, look, people yell out as well. Holler out and tell us, you know, which NBL One conference you want me to talk about. And I'll make sure I, you know, look into that, watch a few of the games and, and talk about your local conference there. And um, yeah, hopefully the NBL free agency news keeps coming in as well. Thanks, everyone. Peace out from me and Robbie. Peace.